Hello again, and welcome to episode 139 of Super Deform Gamescast for Thursday, March 7th. If you're not already aware, Super Deform Gamescast meets right here each and every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, and a mental health support show. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a follow. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. However, having said that, if you've seen these fucking faces on the monitor right now, why wouldn't you want to watch? Like, let's be just blatantly upfront about that, okay? There's a lot Look at of all this happiness looking, and wholesomeness going there's on. There's a right lot now. of fucking good looking people on this podcast. I'm telling you. Rebecca's dancing around. She's fucking happy and I do that every podcast, man. You do like D- Derek is just looking as as devilishly handsome as awesome. Brandon is looking like a demonic nightmare. Again. Like he normally does, like just like a weeping, a, 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 a bloody. How appropriate on this, the day of Devil May Cry 5. I... <laughs> Way to embrace 2019, my dude. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel should... it really, uh, you know, reflects our, you know, our political atmosphere. Really and does. everyone <laughs> should recognize the other icon on screen right now. Oh right? man, so we yeah? have acting legend we Wayne Knight. <laughs> man, like I, I've I've been such a huge Wayne Knight. I've been such a huge fan of your work. Every Thank like you. like, I, I appreciate it. It's it's a hard life. You know, like from all your work, not just from Congrats Seinfeld, but loss, by the way. yeah, seriously, well done. And like, I just you know, your work in Jurassic Park really is what motivated me to become a podcaster. Um, and I just I could not be more honored. Dinosaur did not eat me. Still alive. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, um, so so I we know him as Nate. Nate is a Nate is a a friend of mine for several years now. Nate, but everybody else knows him as Shinobi Six Hundred Two. Uh, now uh, head of PR for Wushu Studios. Dude, how long has it sure. been since you've been on with us? Um, I I don't know, man. You would know better. I'm probably a year. I don't know. Has uh, it has it really been that long? So, um, yeah. So, because because you were definitely supposed... before I was on and Red, so, so it's been yeah. A little so bit. so Nate. So the last time Nate was supposed to be on was uh, we were going to do in uh, an E three stream. He was going to stream E three with us last year, Nate. And you yeah. had some audio issues and you had to drop out just as it was starting, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's try that again this year, though. I think now that's working now. So you know, let's get E three going this year. I'm Hopefully. all over that. I'm fucking. You know, I'm there, baby. I'm all over Sounds that like shit. Fun. Um. So, so, and just for anybody in chat who isn't aware of this, um, Nate was actually, we were actually Nate's first podcast appearance, if, if memory serves me correctly, right? Like, we were the first podcast you were ever on. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, um, before I even joined Wushu, yeah, like we, I remember we used to kick it. Um, and I, I never really got invites from people from podcasts. Not that, you know, I, and I just didn't get me an invite. So you guys, you know, you, you're a good friend of mine. You invited me the first time and I was like, all right, let's do it. So, um, yeah, the very first time. And I look remember. at you. Well, and you've had a really interesting journey um, because you kind of got your start uh, on, on Gaff as a, as, as an insider, you know, back, back in the day when, when before Gaff was a, a cursed swamp hole. Um, <laughs> when was it, I, I, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I think uh, there was like for the first week of its existence, I think it was fine. And then after that, it just kind of, kind of, we was, all, it's like, I think it was everybody's like guilty pleasure in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the internet. Like it was, it was like, I have, I have my issues with, with Gaff and era and stuff like that, but it has more to do with, with just message board culture in general. And they were still like standout 
some of the yeah. best public places you could go to for discussion. Um, yeah, for you know, sure. and yeah. I think issues with them had more to do with issues with broader internet culture in general. So Dude, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you can't control, man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm on the admin team with Arrow too, and like I mean. It's hard. I mean, you can only do so much, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, to keep, to keep tens of thousands of people, you know, act behaving well, it's not, it's almost impossible. So, yeah. Tens of thousands of people who are talking about video games specifically. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I, I, um, I, well, and you know what's funny about all this is that I actually met most of my fellow, like, most of the initial SDGC team, I met on GAF and then we hooked up on Twitter. And, and, and from that, like, you know, I guess you could say like, you know, I don't know, the knight's womb opened up and spewed out SDGC for everybody. Like that's, so, we were the what? Oreo cookie, but yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but no, I'm just talking, no, Rev, I'm talking about how dark and awful Gaff was, but out of it came something beautiful like SDGC. So it's not a total yeah. loss. Um, but, uh, so, so now what, what I think is interesting, Nate, is your journey from yeah. being a, a, a an industry insider to yeah. now working PR for Wushu Studios, which I know is something you and you and I had 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 these conversations. Yeah. Um, getting breaking into the industry was something that you had wanted for years, and I remember very vividly our conversations. You know, like you know, oh man, I want this so bad, and then it happened to you. Like, 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 describe to me if you can, like that journey. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's a long one. So, I mean, for cut it short um so i mean uh i, I joined gaff um uh, not at the beginning because i think jack gaff started what like 2004 2005 something so, like that. yeah it was gaming age forums yeah it, it was 2004 uh, yeah the neo yeah I, I only i joined like in 2010 i think i think it was like right after mass effect 2 came out and i was like you know and i was just i'm a huge you know bioware fan like man i want to talk about you know this game and so i found gaff and it was like the you know most hardcore forum out there so and i saw a lot of topics about it so i try to join so i think it took like four or five months before they approved me um and then finally you know once i got in just i don't know um i kind of uh joined ranks with wario i remember warrior 64 he used to dude he was like the fastest poster on there he would post i remember those days. like the second went up um so i you know, i started doing that and then um I guess from there, I, I, I made, uh, a lot of friends, you know, just like you. And a lot of those friends were, uh, were developers. Um, you know, I would talk to them all the time that mess they'd message me, I'd message, we'd message back and forth and, um, uh, we became friends. So that's kind of how, uh, how I guess I kind of, kind of some of these studios, you know, I just, they were, I made a lot of friends on there. Um, you used to be the guy that posted every news article. Oh, the, yeah, you were uh, you were like fucking lickety split yeah. with that shit too, before, man. Before like, the insider, you were just the guy who posted it. Yeah, every I have never been basically. as informed on the industry as when you yeah. were posting those links on Gal. Like, I was reading like everyone. Like I knew every single Kotaku article, every single. I know. It was. I mean, dude, it was really just because, like, I don't know. I was like. Just like you guys, you know, I was super passionate about games, you know, so I just, I loved, um, and, you know, I live, you know, where I live, I live here in Orlando, you know, a lot of, a lot of the friends I have, they don't, they don't really play games that much, so I don't have, like, that kind of circle where I can really talk about games, honestly, um, so that's why I, I just, I love interacting on Gaff, you know, even, you know, even with all the assholes, but. Uh, it's been the same yeah. for me. I've I've never really had like real yeah. life friends to talk to video games. With. Yeah, that's it sucks, you know. Like I wish I had that kind of network, but I don't, you know. So that's I get that, 
you know, through the internet. So, you know, so then from there, anyway, you know, I joined Twitter. I think it was like right after Halo Four came out. Like, I'm, I'm a big Halo fan, so I remember I, I remember I joined Twitter in in November of 2012 because, um, I wanted to get on there and like. Like uh, Jen Taylor, she's a voice of Cortana, and like Master mm. Chief. Um, I forgot his name. The voice, I think it was like, uh, God, I forgot his name. Um, he's a you know older gentleman. He's he's a really nice guy. So, like I wanted to get on there and like compliment them and things like that. That's the only reason I joined Twitter. But then after that, yeah, I kind of like snowballed. So I, a lot of people from Gaff started following me on Twitter, and a lot of the developers on Gaff started following me on Twitter. And, yeah, uh, you yeah. you blew up quick. You blew up. You're like Dan. Like you blew up real fucking quick. I, yeah, I joined the industry. I mean, much later than you did, certainly. Um, and I I remember when I first because I had had a Twitter in college and I deleted it when I graduated. And then they yeah. told me when I started writing about games, I needed to get one again so I could follow stuff. So I made a new Twitter and I started, you know, kind of following people who seem to know things about video games. And I think you, Warrior, war, Warrior, Warrior, <laughs> Warrior, whatever. And like, uh, I mean, probably like, I'm, I'm going to say his name wrong and you're going to laugh at me, but I've only ever read it. Um, Nibelian? Nibble? Oh, nice. Nibble. Nibble. Okay, oh, Nibble. Sure. I, I was saying it right, basically. Um, you yeah, three Nibble. were like three people that I followed. And it was only later that I learned, oh, they're they're not like game informer magazine they're just people just they're people who know things <laughs> oh they're just regular people <laughs> regular people who know things they drink and they know things probably yeah. that's a good reference um, I but it was cool like you guys were some of the first people i followed on twitter because you had information very quickly and that was kind of like my introduction to people knowing about video games yeah yeah it, it, you know it's kind of funny um like i was like if if you go back and like look through the years like of how often I interacted on Gaff like posted on Gaff and then like posted things on Twitter like there was there's like a slow steady decline because that was when I was uh and you know single and then I got married <laughs> and then like you can see like that slow decline of like interactivity because I was like I didn't have time as much time and like you know, it's like way less posting <laughs> um Yeah, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you. Life oh, happens, dude. Yeah. Nate is so worried. Oh, yeah. Nate is so worried that his audio is going to cut out. <laughs> dude, every, like, it's been perfectly. I hear like an awkward silence. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was no, just no. classic SDGC. Classic. We're just yeah, trying no, to give you, give you give you space. So 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 let me ask you this: um, when you like after you kind of built your online presence, you know, and you were Shinobi 602 on Gaff and you were the insider guy and you like, you would, you drop things. And, and by the way, I just want to point out like uh, a really interesting uh, historical fact about SDGC and Shinobi is that um, Shinobi actually revealed the existence of a Skyrim remaster on this podcast. And yeah, um, remember that. Do you remember that, Nate? And um, you you dropped right here, and it got picked up by IGN. Oh, what? I remember, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And so, like, and so that that was like our first big industry thing was we actually got mentioned in an IGN article. And thanks, uh, thanks well, to a leak. <laughs> yeah, thanks to a leak. And the best part about it was when you looked at the comments, everybody was like, "What the fuck is Super Deformed Gamescast?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, yeah. I've never even heard. I, of they this. still I'm say still, it to I'm this still day. World renowned, world award-winning, critically acclaimed uh, podcast, and uh, I can, 
my yeah. ha- happy to rep to rep you guys man. that was hilarious i i'll i'll never forget that hey, reb i'll actually send you guys a link to the article after the podcast be hilarious actually. yeah yeah i'm yeah. sure you can still find it i still get people i mean i was gonna tweet the other day i still get people sending me uh direct messages and like tweeting at me They're like hey man so were you gonna tell us about the new call of duty this year and like <laughs> Hey, uh, you know what? So when's the last was coming out? I know you know, and I'm like, that's kind of gauche, isn't it? Like, don't bug people for that. I don't know. Uh, It seems. Well, it's not just that. It's like, I mean, it's that too. But like, I I guess a lot of people forgot. You know that. Hey, I work at a studio now. Um, Yeah. I I don't. It's not really kosher of me to go around like. By the way, this year's Call of Duty is. So it's funny what people think on the internet that your job is. I I know we get. Games industry, we get t- we get we get emails all the time to our news tips email from people who I think think we are just the embodiment of the entire games industry. Yeah. Um, we got one earlier this week asking us to fix Anthem. Oh my um, gosh. No, I, I don't think I can. I, oh, I'm sorry. That's like that's like those people that used to mail Nintendo Power back in the back in the nineties. Like, I love all the games you guys make, and they're like, we don't actually make them. We're just Nintendo Power. Like we or uh, some of those, you know, like they they get in touch with Jason Schreier, and they're like, you stop stop delaying games, you know? Stop oh God, delaying, yeah. Fu- stop delaying fucking games, Schreier. I can't believe this shit, <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker. Actually, uh, Rar in chat, Reb says, so Anthem is your fault. Anthem is, well, it's apparently the fault of games industry that is. So <laughs> that's like, although to be fair, to be fair, that's like, that's like, that's like writing for the movie industry and your website is called movieindustry.biz. Like I could see how somebody who's uninformed might be like, this is the entire movie industry we website. Are, like, this is, it is the movie industry. But I'm serious, we get those all the time. We get like several a month for people asking us to change something in Call of Duty or when this game is going to come out or like that bug, bug, would, bug reports see, of things like what I, why I are you emailing us i would email them back right we'll be we'll, we'll get right on that <laughs> you yo that's a great idea rev you should actually do that you should email no, them and say, you I'm should sorry. not do that <laughs> i value my job so so speaking of the games industry um so i know that there are there's only so much you can talk about in regards to wushu studios nate um but like you guys are made up of of industry veterans from across the spectrum. Um, yeah. Wushu, Wushu Studios, uh, 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 who uh, you know, like you know, as far as like you know, the dev team goes, like like where where have you guys pulled from? I, I, I used to know, but I, I can't remember where your team is actually yeah, like um, like what they're comprised of. Uh, like you know, from from past ventures. So, yeah. So so obviously, so I work remote. Um, thankfully, you know, Wushu is really great with that. Like they because of. Uh, you know, so I, I do PR and community stuff, um, PR outreach, um, things like that. So, so the studio head, he was really good with me. And, you know, he basically said, look, you know, you can, a lot of this stuff can be done remote. And a lot of, you know, most studios, you can do this kind of stuff remotely. So he's like, we'll, we'll definitely work with you. So that was really helpful. Um, but they're, we're, we're based in Liverpool. Um, uh, yeah, in Liverpool, we're a team of 12 of us right now. Uh, so still small, but... Um, yeah, you might know you you might know some of uh, you probably don't know them by name, but if I tell you where that you know what they worked on, you know you know you you would know that much. Um, so our you. studio head, uh, his name is Alan uh, McDermott. He um, Evolution Studios. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, worked yeah, on a yeah. lot of yeah, a lot of the Motorstorm games um, and, and audio. He was like the audio lead, audio uh, 
audio director actually um on Drive Club. Uh, he he was also a game director um, for uh, a project at, at with PlayStation, but that uh, that I don't think that released. So that kind of I don't even know what the status of that is um, before before Evolution shut down. So, um, but yeah, so the, he's he's a studio head, and he's been in the, he's been in the industry man for about 11, 12 years now. So he's oh, he's, he's a veteran a, you know, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, our so our design director, his name is Nigel Kershaw. Um, he was he's been in the industry for literally like 30 years <laughs> uh, jesus christ dude, he, back in like uh i don't know if you ever guys ever heard of a studio called ocean software they used to make games like the snes um yes i forgot what games they made uh well i'm I, I, familiar i just don't have games to attach no to no, it, no 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 know? for a minute for I'm a looking split it up. i'm looking it up. well hold on for a split second nate i thought i thought of ocean marketing for a minute oh, yeah, the, no, the no. whole Paul <laughs> Cristoforo deal, like that's for a minute there. I was, Never I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I fucking website yeah, on the yeah, internet. They made a bunch of licensed games like Adam's Family, Batman. Okay, yeah. So that's where that's where he started out. Jurassic that was like Park. his first gig. It was like back in like the nineties. Uh, you know, so he is like he is like one of the old guard man, uh, and he's Scottish, so he is badass. <laughs> um, oh, did oh, well. Hold on, is he one of the guys are. who made Fester's Quest on NES? No. Oh, okay. Can I fucking love. Oh, okay. oh, oh, all right. I'm just saying. You said. You said. John you is said, very specific. No, hold on. You said. Hold on. He Quest, said. Quest he did say Adam's Quest. Family. Fester's Quest is an Adam's Family game. He said yeah, Adam's yeah, yeah. Uncle Fester. He made, the, he made. Yeah, Ocean made three Quester's Adam's Family Quest. games, but it was not Dude, Fester's Quest. Fester's Quest was fucking awesome. Like, you, like. <laughs> look, you'll you'll fucking played. laugh, okay? But it was like Adam's Family and uh, Zelda. Like, it was. Fucking I only great. know it because of the Angry Video Game Nerds episode. John, fucking, you're old. Fucking. Yeah, so um, I so, mean, I grew so, up yeah, with an NES, but that wasn't a game that wasn't. No, no, Nate, Nate, please, we're gonna ignore Nate. Please continue. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, and then he was also recently. Uh, he was a he was a game director of uh, Motorstorm Pacific Rift. So, you know, a lot that was like kind of regarded as like the best in the Motorstorm series. So, uh, you know, he has he's he's been around a lot. Um, he's been around. He he also worked at uh, Deep Silver. Um, on home front for a little bit so he he's been around a long time he's super smart super talented guy very nice guy um our art director uh his name is Stuart Stuart Trevor he's uh he also worked on Motorstorm back in the day um he also worked on uh uh like kind of uh uh what do you call it? um kind of like contracted with a lot of kind of with Nintendo uh, he worked on Dark Souls for a little bit. Hell yeah, that's what I'm Wait, talking about right there. Had some, cool, some, but some fucking talent right there. That's what I'm oh, talking yeah, about. There's a lot of and uh, uh, one of our concept artists. Um, he he, uh, he also worked on uh, Anthem. I mean Anthem. You can say what you want about Anthem, but hey, art wise, you know it's it's a pretty game. Oh, oh, it's certainly it's, great. it's a gorgeous yeah. game. Oh, I mean, yeah. no really question. Is. Yeah, yeah. So he he concepted on 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 Anthem, on Mass Effect. Uh, really really nice guy too. Um, so and you know a lot of the other uh, people that work with us, um, they uh, they we we try to hire from like universities things like that. That are real talented people coming out of university because uh, Alan he likes to uh, kind of dig into the the local you know like uh, uh, talent there in, in the UK, which is great. You know so so we're growing uh, right now. We're we're working also like our priority right now is we're working with uh, Lucid Games. Um, some of you guys might might know them, might not. Um, they made like Geometry Wars. 
Yeah. Oh shit, yeah, dude. I fucking yeah. love Geometry Wars. Yeah, yeah, Geometry a lot Wars of three, uh, right? Lucid is like uh, over a hundred people now, and they like i mean a ton of them a lot of them uh came from uh bizarre creations you know from like pgr um uh blur i don't know if you guys know blur Blur was was actually uh, you know it kind of went under the radar but i have fond memories that's yeah yeah they're super talented also so we're we're working we have uh we went to a partnership with them so we're, we're working on a few big projects with them that hopefully uh might be heard about soon um soonish so so yeah everything is going great um and uh yeah and now you're here with us now you've returned yeah. home yay for you you've, you've done a lot of stuff and it's yeah, rad well, i mean you want to a- talk about a fucking success story like 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 yeah. just sheer sheer determination like you know this is an industry i love and i want to break into it like that's nate like that's yeah, man it dude honestly like it it took so long like, i mean like i said like I didn't, I didn't have the goal. Like, I never pictured myself. Um, like I didn't go in with join like Gaff and Twitter, like with the intent, with the intent of, you know, like I want to, you know, one day I'm going to be an issue. It was just kind of like it built. And I, I was like, maybe I, you know, I've always, I've wanted to, but I never really like gave it a serious try. So, but then like, after, like over the years, I'm like, man, like, I, would, I, would, I wish I could do that. You know, it's what I want more than anything. So hard over the years. And, it was just like a stroke of luck. Um, I think it was because it was the end of the end of 2017. I was, I, I wasn't working in the industry. I was working um, uh, in like a different uh, industry, like HR, things like that. I, I remember that. And I, remember, I remember our conversations about that. Laid off. Um, and I was like panicking, things like that. I mean, my wife, you know, she works, so we were okay, but it was just, you know, and and I I kind of took that opportunity out and I'm like what the hell, um, and I already had a lot of followers on Twitter you know at that point so I was like you know what my and people were telling me I think you told me too John you're like hey why don't you put it out there and see if uh, anyone bites. Yeah, that's exactly like, what I did. Hey, I, whoever's typing, can we get you to mute the mic? Yeah, and I was like, um, okay, Derek's cool. got Thanks, them man. brown switches. You fucking fool! You fool! It's the last mistake you'll ever. Jesus, I, the punishment is death. Anyway, Nate, please continue. I, so, so, I, well, well, and I'll, I'll throw this in here. I do remember those conversations we had, Nate, about about how badly you wanted to break into the industry. So when I got the word about Wushu, like, like you, because yeah. I knew before, like, I knew before, like you threw it out there on Twitter, and and dude, I was, oh man, like I was so I fucking happy, that. dude. Yeah, and, uh, that it was felt so good, man. Great. It felt good to share that, and you know, I, you're. Uh your encouragement too was you know it was really nice to see that and uh i don't know it felt kind of surreal but yeah so here i am you know like what 14 15 months later um you know still going so uh, fucking awesome dude fucking awesome and, and, and like it parallels a lot of the stuff that we've done on sdgc right like when we started yeah. this three and a half years ago we we you know we didn't start this with the idea that you know one day we were, we were going to have guests and appear on panels and stuff like that and and now like here we are and it's still so strange and new and i don't think it's ever going to stop feeling like that i get the sense that Dude, it's kind of the same for you i yeah i was and and reb oh, is going on. to be on kind of funny too like 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 and you know we should we should say congrats so so for anybody in chat who did not see it on twitter rebecca valentine here is going to be co-hosting Kind of funny games daily with Greg Miller at GDC on March twentieth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool! That is fucking awesome. fantastic. 
Yeah, that is the, so good. The last time I saw him, I was bowing my head in shame at playing a shitty game of Overcooked too. So <laughs> it'll be a great reunion, right? It's gonna be fantastic. Greg is, is not is knowing somebody... how to make a pizza. So 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 first of all, I'm I I'm still smarting from that one. Okay, it's still a tender subject for me. I'm just saying, you and I need to at some point stream the two of us attempting to play Overcooked two. Or what if we actually stream the two of us attempting to make a pizza someday like actually trying to make a to pizza be in the same place for that john we're gonna work on it reb we're gonna I'm work halfway on across the dang country but we'll we're gonna on work it. on that we're gonna work on that okay but um but yeah so like and i can tell you right now reb there is nobody better than if, uh, for actually like putting you at ease and making you feel comfortable than greg like, literally everyone who has been on kind of funny has told and like five or six people have been on kind of funny and they've all said some version of that exact same line which makes me think either you're all coordinating something to chill me out so that i can get freaked out when i actually show up or it's true and i'm pretty sure it's true because when i met greg he was like super cool and busy as hell but like he's like yeah. I'm he, glad just, he, he was really good at that yeah well when we did the whole thing at pax west <laughs> he like he seems there's a lot going on and he didn't have like a you know time to really no. like spend with everybody which is completely understandable because he had a shit ton of stuff to do but he just he commanded the situation so well there was kind of like one awkward moment uh during the mm -hmm. kind of funny stream which i will not revisit um at the, the tournament but he oh god i know what you're talking about it, it like it, it hit him momentarily and you could tell there was a moment where he was like this is maybe not a great situation and then he just charged on forward yeah. and got he got us through it he sailed the boat I remember actually, I remember I like, I get like, I won't say what moment it was, but I, I was sitting like right next to Rebecca and that was, that was actually oh, the first you time and I were like, well, it was the first time we had met it. Cause like we, you know, Rebecca had been following me on Twitter for a while and with this first, and like this happened and Rebecca and I just kind of went like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just we like, we shared a moment. Oh yeah. It was, I was like, wow like like we were both just like okay well what do we do now but greg fucking powered through it and um did a great job you're you're gonna fucking kill it you're gonna do a great i, I already know it's you're gonna, gonna be really it. fun it's gonna be really fun guys we've managed to make it 30 minutes into a news show with zero news that's how I know, much we just it's... love each other that's how that's how much of this there is so it, it it so it would appear that uh Shinobi's having some we just got like 30 fucking people in chat by the way i don't know so like holy fucking shit <laughs> Um, um Nate, can you hear us? <coughs> so I Nate heard says a cough. He, that sounds Nate, like something. Is it or was that Brandon? Was that Brandon? No, was that Brandon? That Brandon. So that was Nate actually. actually. That was actually Nate. Nate, can you hear us? Maybe he can't he can't hear us. We'll communicate through Morse cough. Yeah, we'll we'll actually like yeah, Nate, if you talk, we Nate, Nate, say something and we'll tell you if we can hear can you. you, guys hear me? Yeah, yes. we can. We can yeah. hear you. Yeah. Although he, he can't hear us. Can't so, hear like, somebody, somebody, like, I, I, I love keep doing that because it gets, it, it screws up the whole show. So, he says he can't hear anybody. And of course, like, this is when we have, like, like all of a sudden 40 people dump in a chat. I know. Yeah, <laughs> leave, it's uh, so uh, fucking good. Yeah, if you, nah. maybe, yeah, have him pop out and pop yeah, back yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Type so, that to him could... because he can't hear us talk. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah, if somebody could type that for Nate in the we're chat. We're just like, yes, we agree. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're trying to figure out his sound issues right now. Like I said, I like, of course, I pop like back out to type to him, and I realize, like, wait a minute, it's my screen that the whole stream is using. So Nate, Nate, can you hear us? Nate, 
Wait! Of course, of course! No! Classic SDGC! Snake! It was fine before! I don't know. I don't know. Oh no. Oh, we got him man. long enough for him to tell his story. I know. Hey, you know what? We got him long enough. Yeah, like he, he talked and, and we got to hear all about Wushu. Oh, this sucks. But we were just getting to know each other. I know. Nate was just like, we were like, you know, I know Nate, but he was connecting. Wait, what's, what's that noise? I heard somebody it's, fiddling it's, with their mic. I hear some mic fiddling going on. We're hearing Do we have some movement? very candid. <laughs> Do we have movement? Some very candid, um, very candid mic sounds on Nate's end. Nate. He can't hear us. Type Trip like an owl twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> Brandon. Guys, I can't be the one to type. One of you has to type to him. All right. If somebody could type to him and just. John, you can type to him. Stop delegating I'll and do it. I'll type to him. What do you want me to tell him? All right. Listen. <laughs> listen. Tell him. All right. All right. We're going to check his audio right now. Type to him. Say, 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 Nate. Just say, say hello. Say something. <laughs> this is so Don't funny. Say good. Banana, banana, banana. Hello. We can hear him. We can hear him. <laughs> He just can't hear us. <sighs> oh boy, this is so good. I fucking love it. I love it. <laughs> just as all the people come pouring into chat. Tell him, uh, tell him if he's using the browser version, try coming back into the call on the app version. And while he's doing that, we can just move ahead to the first very short topic. Yeah, we can do that. So, so we'll get we'll get Nate's audio issues uh, sorted out. He can hear us, or I'm sorry, he can't hear us, but we can, can hear him. So he's gonna try. He's gonna try popping into the app version. He'll be right back. Yeah, uh, Derek, you so, want to kick us off into our first news? Yeah, our first here? our first news topic is not a very long one. There's not a whole lot to talk about, uh, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, Nintendo announced a new uh, Labo kit, and it's all basically like VR focused. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Rem, are so, you okay? It's, <laughs> so, it's so weird. Okay, so so first oh, it, of all, it's first actually of all, not weird. It's normal. Are we talking about the bird in the bird's ass? Okay. Because there's a camera and there's a bird whose butt you look into for the VR <laughs> headset. And can I? So, can I, John? Can I? Please yes. go ahead. Okay, so it's 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 the fourth Labo kit, and there are six projects in it, and five of them are like normal cardboard things, like you would make in any of the other kits. And the fifth one, or the sixth one, is a pair of VR goggles that you make that you can slide the Nintendo Switch into, and then you use these VR goggles and you look at the other little cardboard things, and you can like connect it to them, and you can like do all these, you know little miniature games so there's like one that kind of makes sense like you have the vr goggles and it's like a little blaster yeah and... but then there's like a fucking well, elephant on, and shit. Okay, I'm, elephant. I'm sorry jesus on, i'm sorry <laughs> like the, like you go, shit. that's normal like you got the blaster and you like put the vr goggles on you can see like little aliens and you pew pew you shoot the alien whatever but then yeah you got one where you like it's like a bird and then you like attach the the vr goggles to it and it's like a camera and you're looking through a bird's ass and you're supposed to like I guess go bird watching. I don't really know what you're doing with it. It's it's strange. Um, it's weird too. Like the the press release is really funny because they specifically in the headline of the press release were talking about it's shareable. And so I read that and because I haven't read the whole press release That's... yet. And the first thing I think is, oh, there's gonna be some multiplayer component. That's kind of cool, like multiplayer VR, whatever. And then I read on and I find out that Nate, can you hear us? 
Yay. <gasps> Yay! Yeah! There he oh, is. There he is. I lived. We're talking about the He's alive. Your audio quality is improved by like a lot. ten Ew. times better. Why did yeah. you? It is actually way better. Nate, I have to ask. Why didn't you fucking lead with that, Nate? Why didn't you lead with that? <laughs> I did. I don't know. Maybe I. I'm in the app now. I don't know. Maybe that makes a difference. Dude, apparently, the app makes a huge <laughs> difference, dude. Because dude, you, you sound are... you sound more sultry and baritone than Derek does normally. Yeah, no, like, take what? that back. Well, oh, okay, man. almost, almost as sultry and baritone as Derek. Okay, but so I'll anyway, you can go, John. So, so, go fuck to sleep. so, so, so Nate, VR. we are go fuck yourself, Derek. So, so Nate, we are Derek. So Reb is running us through the Nintendo Labo VR stuff. Reb, please continue. Derek, come back. Don't uh -huh. do that. Um, yeah. So, so I read through the press release, and it, it just wants you to pass the headset. It's sure, but like people. every VR headset ever. Yeah, it wants you to like hand this off to other people. Oh, you can look through it. No, you can look through it. And then the other thing, there's no head strap to this. So you're constantly using at least one hand, probably two if you're a kid, to like hold it up to your face. Um, you're also just like shoving the Nintendo Switch in your face, which I hadn't really thought of as mm, weird before. Yeah. No, no, no. But I'm now I'm cool starting to think uh -huh. of as being weird. Okay. Um, yeah, so and there's just, oh, and then the other thing is it apparently comes with something called a safety cap. And I don't know if that's like a cap for the front of the VR headset. So like, you know, it protects it or something, but I'm picturing it as like a really stupid hat. No, because it's they, absolutely a hat. It's, they didn't explain what cap, it was. It's, it's absolutely a hat, and it absolutely has a propeller on the top. Like, I so, know, right? so, so I have been, I have been like fucking mystified at this thing ever since it was announced, right? So like we had all heard the rumors, right? We had all heard the rumors that they were, like, you know, a patent or whatever. That, yeah, like, you know, oh, there's look, a patent. They're doing something. Fucking Nintendo VR coming. And but what's funny is that do you guys remember all those jokes? about PSVR, just like with people strapping the Vita to their faces. That's basically fucking what we're doing here, right? Like that's, that's very close to what's actually happening here. And look, I love my Switch, right? I love my Switch. Everybody knows that. But the idea of using this thing for VR with that, in, that hand, like, just the idea makes me need fucking eye drops. It, it, it's <laughs> like, like it makes my eyes feel so fucking dry thinking about shoving that thing up to my face. I mean, it's VR in general. Um, oh my! The thing it's is, it's not... it's a labo kit, so it's not for people like me and you. It's 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 right. very much targeted at like families and kids as like a fun activity. Um, and I think people need to remember to look at this not as like, wow, Nintendo's releasing a really crappy version of. V is, is everything okay? Derek. Yeah. Are you okay. Yeah. Do you see what I see? What? Whoa! What is going on with Derek? Oh my Derek? God! Derek, what the right. hell? Whoa! Whoa. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Look normal. The chat can't see it. The, the chat, chat can't see, see it, it, but we can. Holy oh shit! God. What's Derek's going on, dude? Screen cap it. Screen cap it, please, dude. Wait, wait, wait. I have shadow play. I recorded it. Okay. Oh my God, Derek looks like he's caught between worlds. Like, uh, I'll post the holy shit! After the show. All right, oh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna throw it out on Twitter. Like, you guys in chat can't see it, but holy fuck, Derek screen! Like, oh Derek is caught in the upside down right now. Yeah, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it and post it right now. Please keep talking. Yeah, please keep talking. Okay, it's gone now. No, no, we got it. We got it. But, but Brandon is gonna put it out for everybody to see. You know, John, you did say there was something else would happen. So I, I did, but I wasn't fucking prepared for that. Okay, like I wasn't prepared for you 
being attacked by a cloud of nanobots. God, no. Okay, like, which is exactly what the fuck just happened. Eric. Only on SDGC. Please yeah. continue. So Jesus what I was saying fucking... is let's uh, let's keep this in the context of it's not, oh, Nintendo is releasing a crappy VR head and this is their solution for a major VR platform. This is a, a toy for kids like the fishing rod and the piano and you know, Labo is a, a kids and families kind of experience. Um, and it, it's amazing to me how much gaming, uh, like online gaming circles tend to not be able to look at things that are not targeted at them and go, wow, it's crazy how this doesn't appeal to me at all. Like it's not supposed <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> so I'm sure like the rest of the Labo things that it will do, it'll be a fun, cool thing for kids and for parents to that to, they'll to... use for like a day and sure. then it'll be so much and, piled up cardboard yeah. in the corner and, and you can recycle it very easily when you're done <laughs> i do it, it does make me wonder i feel like one of two things happened here so either nintendo at some point was experimenting with vr like for the switch as like a serious thing and got to a point and said we kind of got this to work, but it's not great. So let's just make a couple one, two switch like VR experiences, throw them on the Labo and call it good. Because the thing that was really weird about this is there was no, it seems like kind of maybe halfway a big announcement or it should be like, it's an interesting announcement, but they threw it out there with no warning in a, no in a random fanfare. email press release at 8 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday night. What the fuck is with that? Like, I'm getting ready to go to bed. Well, not go so, to bed, but like wrap it up for the night. And then all of a sudden Nintendo's doing VR, whatever. But like the so, other thought that I had was maybe this is like the beginning of them messing with VR and they're maybe going to, they, like they figured out kind of like a baseline for what they can do and they might do other things later. But then whenever I say that and it comes out of my mouth, I think, wow, that sounds like everybody on Twitter and era speculating wildly about what this means and will we someday play VR on the Switch? And I think probably not, no. So I, I thought the announcement was really odd too. It was just kind of like kicked out there with no like no fanfare at all. Like you'd think that you know VR on Switch would be a big fucking deal. I want to kick it over to Nate and ask. So like we've actually got a PR guy here on the podcast, yeah. right? Like like Nate Nate is running the PR show over at Wushu Studios. So like when you saw this, Nate, like do you like stop and think to yourself like that's not how exact that's not how I would have fucking handled it. <laughs> like uh, like I don't know, man. Like like what was going through your head when you saw this announcement? Um, well, what's going through my head right now is I actually didn't see the announcement. <laughs> no, no, holy shit! <laughs> I did a man. I I I I only uh, when you sent me the the uh, the topics today, and it said it said Nintendo Labo VR, and I was like, oh, I'm like what? <laughs> uh, I did not know that happened. Um, how does that work? <laughs> so so like so like here here's here here's my whole deal with this, right? Yeah. Um, is I bought Labo for my son last year. Mm. And when I bought it for him, he was nine years old, right? Oh, he was turning 10. It was for his birthday. And, you know, he was like, great, this is cool. He used it for like two days and it's literally, it's sitting in the next room in a pile with an inch of dust on it. Nobody's fucking touched yeah. it since. I've heard um, that a lot, yeah. So, so when you, when you, when you throw this out at, I mean, Reb, you were right. Like it was like, what, eight, nine at night? Like, um, with no fanfare at all, like like you think that this because like when they announced Labo, they announced it like there was a video, like they were they, they made a big deal out of it, and then they were just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, VR, and you would think that you know 
VR on a on a Nintendo system, that's something that they would want to. But but what this tells me is that they looked at the soft sales of Labo and they were like, Yeah, we've I, got this thing in like like we got it, it's ready to go. Just kick it out there like you know just just put it out there and see what happens yeah yeah labo sales i'm pretty sure have not been up to expectations and this is me kind of bullshitting off what i vaguely remember of their last financial report but i think they said they plan to push labo more this year and kind of see like like they, they plan for it to do better this year is what I vaguely remember. That could be totally wrong. Someone can go look that up later. And tell it kind of feels like it's died off. I don't know. I mean, yeah, to me. this, this doesn't, this doesn't look like pushing Labo harder and doing better. It, no, it's not at just, all. Yeah. It's weird. Um, not at all. And yeah. and especially like when you consider that, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't really like the idea of shoving my 720p handheld switch screen up again. Like, that just makes my like it makes my fucking eyes water just thinking about it. And I'm already yeah, it's weird. Ar- it's already the P- I mean the PSVR itself is ar- not that I'm saying it's bad, but uh, like the image quality already on the PSVR is not yeah, that great. Yeah, it's, it's, got the screen door. it's got the screen door. Like, yeah. like we're adults, yeah. but hasn't there been like some question about shoving that in the face of like a kid? Like kids aren't supposed to use VR. You know, right? you make like, kind of a, a point there, and Nintendo's usually really, really on point about. Um, well, I don't know. It goes because I remember. Nintendo was very, very on point with the 3DS about like, hey, this is stuff that can cause eye strain, especially to your kids. So here's where you can like yeah. lock the 3D mode entirely on software where they can't even use the slider unless they use a parental control pin. So to me, I have a hard time believing that Nintendo absolutely has no idea what kind of damage they may be doing to kids' eyes like in the aftermath of the 3DS. To me, it almost sounds like, I don't know, like... I'm sure they'll have like a thing that pops up every 15 minutes that's like take a break every now take and then. Br- yeah, that's classical that awesome. Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like like if you read what these games are again, like I don't expect any of these little VR experiences to take more than a couple minutes at a time. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like, no, like, like, like the, these aren't these aren't video games. This is like one two switch mini games kinds of things, only with VR and a switch in your face. By the way, everybody look at the chat. Uh, Brandon just posted Brandon <laughs> disappearing. <laughs> into like you're getting sucked into the matrix he got, so weird he got, got, watch it later. He got, su- <laughs> he got sucked in, he got sucked into an alternate realm of absolute it's chaos so like, weird. like it was it was yeah it was really really and i also want to point out something that reb said earlier if anybody in chat is part of like a metal band like looking through a duck's ass is a great album name it's out there <laughs> waiting for you to take it like not say that earlier that was that's exactly yeah you said looking through a duck's ass oh i didn't and say anything about metal you band. did say that and and that okay. is a that is a fucking that's more of like an album indie. name for anybody who wants it more it's like my a flock of seagulls cover band flock of <laughs> yeah. seagulls, looking through a duck's ass oh my god so like like and my other thing about nintendo vr uh, is that I've, I've i've already got a weird thing about like other people using my psvr headset i have to wipe it down meticulously after it's done because i've got this thing about my eyes i can't even imagine the kind of fucking stress it would put me through to have to like wipe down cardboard yeah like <laughs> like it's never gonna feel fucking clean like like i don't want you know i don't want eye herp like just no it, not not a fan of that and I've already got enough problems with with chronic dry eye, and I just no no no. This is a fucking terrible idea. The more I think about it, the less I want it. It like to exist. Period. It's just a bad fucking idea. And Nintendo needs to reconsider this. This is terrible. This is terrible. I don't want it. So I, don't I don't even want... understand how Not it works. Not for you, John. It's the... it. I, I, it, it well, you, realistically, the way it works you... is probably the headset has has the, the little headset you construct 
probably has a literal physical divider between the two, and then it splits the screen rendering in half. Yeah, no, two separate so I've actually, like that. yeah, something like that. And then uses the gyroscopes the on the Joy-Cons as a, because those things have pretty, pretty advanced accelerometers in them. Um, yeah, and then you slide the switch in and you get the VR experience. And then the thing is, the Joy-Cons are detached from the switch when you do this. And the idea being that it's got multiple little experiences you can play with the other cardboard things in the thing. So, so like, I mean, I, just from the way you guys are know, describing it, like, I'm, I'm sure there's an audience out there, but I I, probably I, not much I really think, I mean, the audience is like tiny. Like, who, who else is going to invest in yeah. this? <laughs> like, it's, I don't... it's like 80 bucks. I'm not going to pay. No, it's not even that, Reb. It's for like the goggles are 40 um the, the goggles but, are 40 and then for for 80 dollars you get the cardboard bird the elephant no, you, the camera I, well you can't do it without the bird's ass like you've got no, to you've got that. to be looking, like like the quintessential vr experience is looking through the bird's ass in my opinion like that's <laughs> that's what i by the way did you guys see i can't remember who tweeted it out but somebody tweeted out the picture of that kid looking through the bird's ass and then like a literal picture of a bird's asshole like it was it why was would you really, post this <laughs> i don't know but it was fucking good i'm not gonna look was, for this why it was really good call this good john and, uh, a big no. shout out to, to to our buddy Jeff Grubb from Gamesbeat. He was on a few weeks ago. God bless him. Y'all saw y'all saw that tweet he did the other day. He he tweeted out a picture that he said, "Holy shit, Jay, you gotta come to the Stucks asshole, Jay." <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. Oh my god. But um, but so I've actually got I've got a Gamesbeat article here, and they make a lot of salient points here. He you know uh, the author says. Uh, and I'm quoting here, though they're worth quickly mentioning, I'm going to largely put aside several obvious criticisms of the Labo VR kit, namely, namely that it's five years too late, overpriced, not built to last, and bizarre. I mean, what's that kid doing to that bird? Um, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, but, he, but, but here's the, and, and I'll end on this, and this is the last point he makes. He says, my broader concern is that something this basic should not be offered as a first VR experience for kids or families in the year 2019. VR has come a long way in the past five years. Yet that's exactly how Nintendo, which has all but set out VR's evolution as ever since the disastrous 1995 launch of the Virtual Boy, is pitching this kit. And he's right. He's 100% right. Yeah. Like this feels like this feels like not just like coming late for dinner. This feels like this feels like somebody arriving for dinner at two o'clock in the morning after all the shits in the fridge and everybody upstairs is asleep and your uncle's downstairs passed out on the couch. Yeah, like well. like like that's what this is to me. Mushrooms make you lose track of time. This is extremely in keeping with Nintendo's thing. Nintendo, Nintendo's thing is they do weird, weird ass shit, and their weird ass shit is either just a fantastic success like the Wii or the Nintendo Switch, or it's a disaster like the Virtual Boy or the Wii U or this. And I guess it's we okay. can't we can't call I'll, this an unqualified disaster yet because it's but not. Lambo has but... not done what they wanted it to do, and it's not going to end up being more than like a footnote in the Switch's uh, overall yeah. like Wikipedia entry. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be a big part of the Switch's success, and they clearly right. thought it would be this whole big pillar, and it's not. And I'm not going to lie though, Derek. Derek, I gotta say. If they had just called this thing the Virtual Boy Advance, I might have been on board. <laughs> <laughs> I might have fucking been on board, man. You like, would have made some dumbass joke, Joe. No, I, I was already three, doing that, Reb. At least three dumbass jokes. Rebecca's been on this podcast for like four months now. She's already scolding She's getting shit froggy, out of me. and I'm I know, about man. It. Like, I, I I'm feel about like it. I'm, I'm like all ashamed over here. No, all right, no. I think we, I think we've, we've I think killed. we've, I love you. I think we've, what's that? Nothing. We've no, say it, Reb. Say it. No, no, I want to hear it. Say it, Reb. I just said I'm sorry and I love you. We love you too, Reb. Thanks. We all do. Not just me. We all do. Now, now, I say, I will say, I will say that I think we've, I think we've, uh, we need to stop flogging a dead bird. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll just say, on. I'll just say, we can allow. I think we can allow, allow Nintendo 
their little experimenty side stuff. As long Switch is awesome. So that's okay. Yeah. Oh they yeah, do, they can do what yeah, they want like... on the side. <laughs> They're coming out with Animal Crossing this year. They can do whatever the fuck yeah, they want. Yeah, it's okay. Well, exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? Is that like, look, like if this thing flops, whatever, it's it's sure it will. It's just not going to fucking matter. Who cares? Like, They're still printing money. Yeah. Still got the Switch. Nobody, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah so, nobody, get, nobody fucking gives a shit. So nobody. we're going to move away from Nintendo, although we will be back to them later on another topic. Um, nice. So very briefly, um, this, is, this is not, again, not a topic that, that there's probably a whole lot to talk about. I want to mention it. This is, uh, as of yesterday, was seven years from the launch of Mass Effect 3. Um, and that is Yay. a franchise that, Nate, that is very, very near and dear to your hearts. Everyone knows. Ah. It's very near and dear to a lot of us. I mean, it was a, a, a formative uh, experience of the HD, like, of, of the, the move into the HD era. No um, kidding. Yeah. And, and you love to, like, look back on it and... and you know, every year, and you you never miss an anniversary. You say, "No, never, um, man. dude." Sometimes, honestly, I'm 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 not even joking. I because uh, the Bioware, the official Bioware account follows me. You know, they like they all, um, yeah. They should. They yeah. should. Yeah, you're you're like you're like you're like fan number one, man. Yeah. So, well, the funny thing is, like, I, every time like an anniversary comes, and like I always post tweet about it. I think within like half an hour, and then like the buyer accounts, they're like, "Oh shit, yeah, we, we gotta tweet that out." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you reminding you know, like, reminded us <laughs> seven years since the end of the trilogy, and it's crazy because we were talking about this a little bit before we went on, but like, you yeah. know, I mean, nothing really before or since, regardless of how you feel about how they ended it, like nothing yeah. before or since has has been as ambitious is Mass Effect and trying to be a trilogy where your yeah. saves and your choices carried over. Um, exactly. And that was I mean, so like, engrossing can, to me. You can say like, I mean, it, they weren't perfect in how they carried over like some, you know, some choices here and there. Like it wasn't perfect, but just the ambition itself. I mean, that they tried to let you build that character. And I mean, you, you know, you met so many people in those games and you made so many choices. And just the fact that they even built like that kind of system into the engine i mean that yeah. takes a lot of work a lot mm -hmm. that's, that's say, why that's why you don't see i don't I mean not that i know of you don't see any other developer kind of has ever done that even since no um what, what what's interesting about mass effect to me not just mass effect 3 but the entire series in general um yeah. was there was like because mass effect correct me if i'm wrong mass effect the first one came out in 2007 yeah. I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because I was still in the Marine Corps. Uh, I yeah. first when I first played Mass Effect. November twentieth. Jesus, that makes me feel fucking old. <laughs> and um, and um, Jesus Christ, Reb's fucking ruthless tonight, man. Like, what? <laughs> I, I, I gotta know. What are you drinking? What is that you've been drinking? It's fucking chamomile beer. Because uh, what the fuck? Like, holy shit! I'm waiting for it to be like it's butterscotch soda, no alcohol. Yeah, yeah Just... like it's it's Harry Potter brand butter beer. That's I all. One hundred percent blame Rowan from Venture Beat or Game Beat for giving me this chamomile. Wow, beer. Rowan, I'm coming. For, gee, wow, wow, we're being <laughs> attacked here. But but so like what what really strikes me about Mass Effect is that you know I feel like every game like. Every generation, there's that one game that pioneers everything, right? Yeah. Like, 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 there's one game that sets the tone. There's, there's, there's that one game that says we're going to do something that no other game has done before. And for, for Mass yeah. Effect, I feel like that game did something 
for relationship building in games that had never really existed before. Oh, um, yeah. and, and it was so, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but like Fox News had a huge stink about the first Mass Effect game. And I'll never forget that fucking news segment. Oh, I remember that. Reb's laughing at something. I don't know what she's laughing at. But I'm but, agreeing with Derek that Tali was totally smoochables. Tali was Tali was my girl. No, I'm Tali, a huge I'm a huge Garrus fan. I'm sorry. Please continue. Tali was my girl. Every, everybody's but, a Garrus fan. Nothing wrong with that. I'm <laughs> a I'm a I'm a Tali man personally. But no, was, oh my gosh, they never it was that accent. Romance. It was that accent. It was the yeah. accent. They never let you romance Rex though. But you know what? I, I, ro- know. I, I you want to. I, I, I romanced him in my heart. That's all I needed. Okay. Like it's like all about Rex that elevator my, talk with Rex. Rex was in my heart. They, he was in my heart the whole time, Derek. But you know, like I remember, like my first media exposure to Mass Effect, like was actually that fucking Fox News segment where they called it, <laughs> they called it Sex Box. Like like they actually called the news title like segment Sex Box. And there were all these people, all these Fox News talking heads were on there like, you know, it's Debbie Does Dallas in Space. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> and Jeff, space opera, well, damn it. And Jeff, Jeff Keighley, uh, Jeff Keighley in 2007, he was on Fox News. You can, you can go to YouTube Poor and pull bastard. it up. Yeah, he was, he was taking him on. <laughs> he was on there, man. And he was, and, 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 and he was like, he, and, and so, and the best part is that this, this, this woman who was on Fox News, she was like, it's going to damage our youth. It's going to turn every, you know, like everybody's going to want to watch porn after this. And and she she wrote a book Alien about it. Porn. She wrote a book about it. And Jeff Keeley, like the decisive moment, Jeff Keeley was like, "Have you played the game?" And she and she laughs and goes, "No." <laughs> and it's just like, "Wow!" Yeah. But but yeah. Mass Effect, like, but but he made a great point, and it's something that the genre up until then, like the industry, really hadn't really seen, is that you build you build relationships through interacting with characters, making choices. And, yeah. you know, and you can, you can go the entire game and not actually find yourself in an intimate situation with a character. Everything is based on choice. It's all about relationship yeah. building. And, and, and up until then, this industry really hadn't seen anything like that. Like there had been rudimentary attempts at doing something like this, but Mass Effect is really what pioneered it. And that to me, like the shooting was great. The story was great, but that to me was what was the most compelling about it. And honestly, uh, like go ahead. John, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rebecca. That's fine. Well, it's kind of a longer point. Okay, well, yeah, I'll just say real quick, I mean, like what John, like what you just said, like that's exactly why it, like it hit, it just hit home with me like so much because all, what you just said, I mean, like, you know, we we had games in the past where you had, like, you had top-down isometric games and other, you know, games like that where you still had characters and you, you kind of made choices and you talk with them, things like that, and you had a part, you know, a squad and stuff like that, but like Mass Effect was like the first one in a 3D era that you know really had like these characters that looked so that felt so real back in 2007. I mean, um, so that you know all those things that you said, that's exactly why it resonates with me. And even like to today, like I still replay the first game. I like every year I replay the, tr- the trilogy because you know even though they're over 10 years old now, you know at least the first one, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like. It, I love those characters. They're like a family to me now. Like it just, it never gets old. So you know Bioware you know, writing, it's some of their best character work. Easily. Well, and yeah. you know what's so, so Rebecca? I mean, let me make this real quick point. D- t- five second point. It, listening to Nate talk about his love for Mass Effect and the fact that he plays it every year reminds yeah. me. Like I play Final Fantasy VI annually because those characters yeah. are like family to me. So like I can really relate to that. Reb, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please go ahead. I just no. to your to your point earlier. I think because you said that you know it it 
pioneered this choice system and these relationships in a way that no other game had, I'd kind of argue that really no other game has done it like that since. Um, not quite in the same meaningful way because I, I've seen mm. Mass Effect kind of like Mass Effect 1 and 2 are kind of coming out right as I started getting into like video games in a broader sense than just Pokemon and Nintendo stuff. And I've seen kind of this longing from gaming audiences for something that feels like real meaningful choice in games. I know there was kind of that backlash to Mass Effect 3's ending because it felt like their choices hadn't, a lot of people felt their choices hadn't mattered. Um, That's that's neither here nor there. But I've kind of seen like smaller versions of that again and again in games that seem to promise something like player choice that would have some sort of meaning throughout the game. And then, you know, they played it and they found out, well, it really didn't mean what I thought it was going to mean. And everybody's kind of in their brain referencing either Mass Effect and how it made them feel or how they thought Mass Effect was going to make them feel. I think The Walking Dead from Telltale is a really, really good example of that. Um, a lot oh, of people, so a lot good. of, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Like I love the first season, uh, to but like the, the longer yeah, real it went quick, on. Right, like, yeah. Like, the like longer... just a side quick on note on that, like The Walking Dead, that was the only, to this day, I think it's the only game that's ever made me tear up. Like, I, oh, God. you know, mm-hmm. and you know why? Like I was yeah. the very first, I've never cried in the game. But, like at the end, I was like, oh my God, is this happening? <laughs> You know, but anyway. Right, yeah, sorry, I agree. Mass Effect 3 ending wasn't that bad. It was blown away. Like, like that. that's a whole different can of worms that I don't think we're going to go into here. Like, that, that's, that's yeah. a dead horse we don't want to deal with. Um, yeah. but, but, but I do think that there's something there. Like, people kind of, people really do long to have meaningful choice yeah. in, in games like that. And so whenever a game promises that your choices are going to matter, I think in the back of people's brains is kind of what they either felt from mass effect or hoped for from mass effect and yeah. like like we're just kind of waiting for another game to do that and well, we, we just really yeah. haven't had one you know yeah. two, two, 2007 was a really interesting year for player choice uh rep i i think because you had two games come out that year that were really all about taking choice and putting it back in the hands of the players now like and you had one game that did it from a gameplay perspective and you had one game that did it from a narrative perspective obviously the game that did it from a narrative perspective was mass effect but the game that actually gave players more choice than they had before was bioshock in my opinion Um, it's a fucking amazing game and and that was really the first game that like i mean no it was an open world but you're i mean just the way you can move forward and you know it's just bioshock yeah. did bioshock also did something from a gameplay perspective that i don't think has been done before so i just wanted to throw that like 2007 was a year of innovation um oh, yeah. uh, for the you know for the for the entire industry but um you know while, while, while we're on the subject of of mass effect i gotta say that honestly my favorite character throughout the entire series and this this might be controversial for some was the oh. elusive man um yeah. it was a fantastic performance he was but asked. that's not rex so you're I, incorrect <laughs> so 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 um dude michael sheen I, killed it man michael sheen I mean, yeah. by the way I, I let rex die by the way oh um, you freaking bad i'm sorry i did i did oh like my god rex. um I, I was not a fan of rex killing the uh, former what how can you I, killing the latter he was is just a favor a to the universe big oh. turtle he was a big yeah, he was angry like turtle he's just the big bro Shepherd. man Shepherd. 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 Like, <laughs> fucking derek needs to go into dude. goddamn voice work for video games because holy shit dude derek derek tell me in mass effect 2 when you first see rex like that was like the best that was a moment like, dude he that literally sees Shepard. he literally sees Shepard come in after like years he's like Shepard. it's so good it's so good come on 
but I it mean, was delightful. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Mark, oh, Mark... I bawled during Morden's scene. I, like, oh my god! I, yeah. I just like sobbed uncontrollably. Oh, like Morden. I said, peak Bioware writing. Right. Yeah. Mass Effect is is the best of everything that studio has ever done. And Agreed. the fact I really need to see those three games get brought forward again onto modern systems because right now they're not available on like playstation 4 and xbox one correct i think they're yes. backwards compatible on xbox one yeah right? they're backwards compatible, but yeah. they're not there's not like a a remaster and i think there should be and the pc yeah. port of the original is still a little messy um yeah. and could really use uh basically just a redoing i um, am it would honest. sell so well i'm, yeah, I'm stunned would, yeah it would sell yeah. easily like, it's like I mean, fucking skyrim they can make like, a million different versions yeah. of skyrim why that is can't bioware make a bunch that, of her, like just, just put mass effect on everything you know yeah. i i've actually like there are things this gender there are a few things this gen that have baffled me one of them is no super nintendo games on the switch one of them is the absolute lack of um of square enix classic titles being made available and the other one honestly and i've had this conversation with people is the fact that we do not have a mass effect trilogy hd and that yeah. really blows my i mean like and can you imagine this thing nate on the switch i could oh, taking that yeah. motherfucker Beautiful. anywhere like dude it would dude it prints fucking money take Smooch it with aliens on the go like oh, i could just i've got this metal picture of nate just turning on mass effect 2 and just laying down and putting it on his chest and going to sleep <laughs> on the switch like I, like i could fall I, asleep to that yeah like on honestly like like real like honest it, like it just makes fucking sense and we yeah. get we get yeah. and you know like no disrespect to games like darksiders for example yeah. right darksiders is fine yeah. but but when we're getting remasters effect, of no. but when we're getting remasters of like of like darksiders but we're not getting mass effect rem like nate do you have any opinion as to why that might be because honestly i don't under like and I'm somebody who's like, you know, okay, ports are great, ports are fine, uh, but in, in the same vein, I'm like, I would love a fucking Mass Effect trilogy HD. Why do you think we haven't gotten that, dude? On, I mean, honestly, like, I, th I, I think it's a great question because you think to there's me, legal it's a issues with Microsoft in the original, huh? Did no, Microsoft I don't think it has the anything, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Okay, I don't either. Um, because uh, yeah, I think I remember reading. Um, something a while back like I, microsoft did own the rights to the first one but then i forgot what exactly it was i think like that kind of uh contract like expired or something like that or like ea gained ownership of it or something um uh but yeah honestly john like uh, to me it's a no-brainer like it should have happened by now um and i don't and know uh EA, unfortunately I, they, I don't i don't think it's gonna happen at this point i don't we'll know see. uh we'll see, <clears throat> we'll see. you know and uh, I remember EA said, uh, I think the CEO one time said like they that they're not into remasters or something uh, a while back. Um, I don't know why, because they at this generation, for some reason, um, people have loved remasters, man. Like I think a lot, of, like a lot of them have sold well. Um, they have, yeah, yeah. I mean, really well. A lot of even, I mean, you notice every time a remaster is announced, people are like, oh yeah, I can't wait. I feel like playing this again. You know, it. There is. Um, very much a generation of people who are at an age now where the right. games that they played as like teenagers probably right. young adults somewhere in that area they're yeah. now older and they they're old they're old enough that they have a little more stability in their lives and a little more free time again after yeah. kind of like a hectic time in college or whatever yeah and they, they have 
the time to play games again and now yeah. they're kind of like nostalgically revisiting these i mean that's that and... that is that is i mean that was the case that's the case for me with a lot of remasters this channel i mean like uh i mean you know like the uh ninja theories uh dmc that wasn't that was kind of a remaster but it was kind of a port um yeah like i, I skipped that one last gen and it came out this gen. i was like oh yeah you know i was excited so i finally played that this gen um you know shadow of the colossus i never played oh, that God. yeah so the, yeah, the uh, Blue Points game was the first time I ever played through it, which was awesome. Uh, oh, so fucking so yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I so agree with you, uh, Rebecca. I mean, um, Resident but, Evil Two we well, talked it, about recently yeah. too. That was apparently fantastic. Bra- that, that was a whole. I mean, my God, that was probably that was a remake. Yeah, it's next level fantastic. Yeah, that's it, next remake really remaster. Is. I mean, either it, remakes and remasters, whichever. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Resident Evil Two is a full-on fucking top-down remake of the game. Spyro like, and Crash completely. Bandicoot apparently it's, did oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and yeah. let's not forget, um, let's not forget Ratchet and Clank either. Uh, Didn't that underperform? I don't think so. It was a damn good game. I'm pretty sure that sold well. Brandon, Brandon's on point. Brandon's on point. I mean, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Meanwhile, Brandon's over here like y'all talk about HD remasters. I'm on PC. I got it all. (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for my my 144 frames double make. If I I was gonna say, if I can aim (laughs) us back on topic a little bit, and we may go a little long tonight, but that's. I just wanted to get. I just wanted to get a jab in at John and ask him if he knew where the next when the next Nintendo Direct was gonna. Metroid Prime Uh trilogy gonna be there, John. I'm done. I'm done. So, next topic. <laughs> Please get us back on topic. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> yes. The lights is a great oh. touch on this. I love it. Um, I want to say my one last thing, if I may, about Mass Effect um, yeah. before we move on, which is um, the beginning of Mass Effect 3 when you're fleeing Earth and you're watching yeah. it be destroyed, and that Clint Mansell track is playing. I mean, like, so good. that is one of the most powerful emotional moments in gaming for me. I mean, period. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful moments in, in media for me, period. And I have, like, yeah. a programmed response to every now and then I will still, I'll, like, pull up that, that Clint Mansell track and listen to it, and it's just like, oh. Dude, and know. especially... Um... It, that that exact track plays at the end yeah um that like that honestly uh i don't know about you derek but like at the end when would whatever choice you pick i i always pick the um well, not always like sometimes i pick the destroy ending, but for me like for some reason the very first time i played through it the synthesis ending like yeah. made the most sense so i went through that and like you see shepherd like jumping jumping through the beam and kind of like sacrificing himself and you hear that track and soon, and, oh. dude, that track plays and then it, it switches to like the characters that you've <laughs> been through been with like over the years dude i was my heart was i know man man like i I felt it i felt it really strong there um yeah yeah, i agree with you so we've been we've we've brought it up a couple times already it's snuck in i can't it's too hard to say matt devil devil may cry (laughs) 5 is out in a matter of hours um and devil may cry 5 has been getting rave reviews um, and at the same time, we've also been talking about Sekiro, um, which is the next uh, FromSoft game. Sekiro. Se- Se- um, Sekiro, uh, which is getting a lot of positive. He thinks I'm saying Sekiro um, because he's a, a child. A dirty I'm a old, child, and I admit it. I don't care. Child. I'm an immature. I'm an immature I'm baby, and I don't joke. care. I'm not gonna but make a joke. I'm not gonna with, do it. With Sekiro is getting um, this these really really powerful positive um, like preview so positive response. Shut the fuck up, John. I'm gonna <laughs> mute you. Um, 
really, really good preview reception for that uh, game, um, which is only out in like what two weeks? Three right? weeks. Three yeah. weeks. It's coming three very weeks. soon, um, and it's frustrating yeah. that Activision hasn't really done anything in the way to promote yeah, it. Feels like that's but really weird. What? But but we have these two action games, very very well received from everybody who's gone hands on with them, um, releasing within a, a, a three week period of each other. Um, both of these are very exciting, but I think also this is not a genre that tends to be like, like stereotypically it's stuff like shooting games, sports games, racing games, and RPGs get a lot of attention, not so much like single player yeah. action games. Um, so we've got these two single player, no multiplayer to speak of that we know of, um, you know, campaign driven one-off action games which we are told the industry does not have room for they're mm. super highly um like i said well received so far yeah. are we should we be worried about these games doing well what is there room for these kind of games to release so close together in or or, or is the whole single player games are dead thing bullshit it's I mean, bullshit. I think we should worry about Sekiro just because it hasn't had much of a marketing. Campaign, I I'm not worried. I don't about, think that I, has anything to do with the. Fact I've seen that Devil it's a May player. Cry ads on primetime television. Oh, well, DMC is going to sell. Yeah, I think I think they're both going to sell very well. Both. Yeah, I, mean, I have no I, doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's so they're so refreshing for a lot of people because of what you said. Like, I mean, they're yeah. they're they're oh, more DMC than than Sekiro because Sekiro is kind of. Like it's it's uh it's, I don't it's not really linear I guess um it's it's an action game but like DMC is like a, a old school like linear action just um you know that that trademark like Capcom action game yeah so I think I think like people have been longing for I mean, what was the last DMC uh, what was it DMC four no DM I mean Ninja Theories but they written yeah you know, four yeah. four was the last four one that was out. that was what early to midway through the Xbox three sixties kind of like yeah. two thousand eight. Yeah, something yeah, like that. It's, it's fairly early. Yeah. It's I been mean, a while. Yeah, I think people are like have really been clamoring for, you know, for something like this. I think it's gonna do really well. Um, well it like as as far as as far as Sekiro goes, um, I'm not worried about that at all. I, I know that uh the press isn't getting early review copies and it doesn't seem like like Activision has um really done much at all to market the game. Having said that, I've spoken to people who've played it. And they've had nothing but amazing things to say about it. Like all the previews have been just nothing but glowing. I, as somebody who's, you know, I'm a Souls bro through and through. Um, I know Miyazaki's pedigree. I know From Software's pedigree. Um, Brandon, you and I had this conversation. We had this conversation in DMs. Like they haven't made a bad game since when? Like I mean, uh, it's been at least yeah since a long time. Souls. Like the last game of theirs I didn't like was the like Ninja Blade, and that that game has its fans. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Like they, like they don't make they have not made a bad game in a very long time. So well, I am not worried about about Sekiro. Yeah. And I'll say this: no. when E3 came around, I saw more just regular like not extremely online people talking about Sekiro um, than a lot of games around E3. I mean, I saw a lot of people going, "Oh, this is the guys who did Dark Souls." Yeah, I mean, this was going to be great. So. Actually, it's gonna be a it. nightmare when it comes out because Probably. every every no because every review and every piece about it is gonna be either it's like Dark Souls or it's not like Dark Souls. Yeah, like it's I'm, gonna have the every piece is gonna have the word Dark. Souls. But it's also built on the framework that they've established I'm with the Souls series. So I so. know, but it's just a whole joke now. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna be so insufferable 
about this game, you guys. You I'm going to be fucking <laughs> yeah. so insufferable about Sekiro because y'all but... know how I feel about From Software and my and 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 the Souls games and like really difficult action game. Like, oh, oh, I'm I'm taking two days off. I'm going to have this thing done in two days. I guarantee. The it. demo. I, I mean, I saw a demo at E3 last year. It was um, it was someone else playing the game. Um, and that was, you know, almost a full year ago. So who the hell knows? But it it looked great. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm go- I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like it. I for I didn't I don't know why for some reason the Souls games like have never clicked with me like Dark Souls and Demon Souls didn't click oh. with me. But I loved Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne's I, I so love Bloodborne. Good. Bloodborne's um, so fucking good, dude. And like and like this this Nate has shades of because you know they're responsible for Tenchu, right? So this has shades yeah. of Tenchu. And in fact, it, actually, yeah. this was originally supposed to be a Tenchu game. Uh, yeah. They changed it early in development, but this was originally supposed to be a continuation of Tenchu, Brandon. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but actually, I, well, I mean, not uh, fun. I actually knew about Sekiro like a little while before it was announced. <laughs> the um, fucking insider over insider. here, man. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know what the name was, but I I knew uh, I had some people tell me that they knew about uh, they they were working on a Tenchu successor, a spiritual successor, uh, and it was like action or things like that. But anyway, um, but yeah, like I, I'm hoping I like it, man. Like I like I said, like I love Bloodborne. I think maybe because it was more actiony than the Souls games. It was yeah, um, much more fast. Yeah, and, they, and it had that mechanic where I don't know if like I'm I don't know I don't think Sekiro has this, but like you know how Bloodborne like if, when you when you had damage uh, and you attacked the enemy right after, like you would gain gain back some. You of your would health. gain health back. So yeah, I don't like, think I'll, I don't think Sekiro has that, but they've got yeah. what sounds like a very brutal death mechanic, actually. Oh, okay. But there's so, also like there's kind of a resurrection mechanic, but you can't really abuse it. So you can use it twice. It's interesting. You can use it twice, but when you but after you used it twice, you start using it more then the NPCs in the game start getting a rotting disease and they can actually die oh, wow. permanently if you don't if you don't find a way to cure them. Um some of them might start talking to you. Some like and like and if an NPC merchant, if you die too much and and, and like one of the NPCs who sells shit dies, you can't buy shit from him anymore. Like he's gone forever. Like you can't get him There's back. There's that good wow. shit I was waiting to I'm hear. I'm all fucking good over shit. it, too. I'm yeah. all, I am all I didn't know that. It. That's cool. I love the mean-spirited stuff about the Souls games, so. And um, and also, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how, how you guys feel about it. But like, I'm actually, like, it caught my attention even more so because uh, compared to, I think, compared to Miyazaki's older games, like from his older ga- uh, previous games, you know, Bloodborne, The Souls, and all that, apparently this one's more like narrative driven uh from what i've read like there's actual character there's cut scenes there's like dial you know like you know voiceover cut scenes things like that like a story to follow so i was like huh I was like, so that that caught my attention because i'm a big narrative guy so yeah. um so i was like you know this sounds good so yeah well yeah. i mean the, i mean the, the the main character who by the way like his name translates to i think one-armed wolf which is just fucking too badass for words that's awesome yep. but but like that's how i'm gonna refer to myself at work from now and i'm gonna be like no i'm sorry i'm sorry you must be looking for the one-armed wolf like it, i'm not oh i don't know this john oh individual that's great but I can't. but I can't. It, and the funny thing is, is that like y'all think i'm joking but that's that shit's going down tomorrow but i keep making fun of john but, but i can't <laughs> Rebecca, you love this podcast. You love us. Stop pretending like you don't. I love you guys and, so much. And, and the other thing, I the other thing I really like is that he talks. Like he's fully voiced. He's un- yeah. he enunciates. Like he's and we haven't had that in a From Software game. And I mean, yeah. it's before Demon Souls. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
So it sounds like there's actually going to be a story here that you won't have to figure out through reading item descriptions and picking yeah, up more clues in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so and, and there's no multiplayer at all, actually, by the way, guys. I don't know if you were aware of that or not, but there was yeah, there yeah, are no, no yeah. multiplayer elements, which I'm a little sad about. No. Nah. Oh, I and uh, didn't it didn't they say because uh, I remember I posted I posted a thread about this on on uh, on reset era, I think oh, it was a while ago. Uh, I think around E3. Didn't they say like there's it's actually there's no it's not really like a straight up RPG like Souls and Bloodborne, like there's no there's no uh customization or something like that. Like there's there, there's no like stats or levels or anything like yeah, that. There's, yeah, there's none of that. Now there is a weapon that you can upgrade. It's called the okay. it's called it's called the Bushido prosthetic, which again is the most badass fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like like yeah, like if you've got to have a if you've got to have a prosthetic, you might as well have a fucking Bushido prosthetic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can upgrade it. That's where your grapple hook comes from. You can. It's where your right. weapons come I think from. It, I think it was, there's no stats. There's no stats to upgrade and things like the that. The point of yeah. it is to create a more yeah. balanced long term because like you talk about no multiplayer. Well, the problem with multiplayer is that if bosses kind of rely on you having a partner to summon, then you run into stuff like where I'm running through right now, replaying Dark Souls 2. If there's not a lot of people playing and you can't get summons, then the bosses are just unnecessarily harder. Okay. So. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. We, 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 need to, we need to halt this real quick because there's yeah. something that needs to be fucking addressed right now. Okay. So there's some shit going on in chat. There's some shit going on in chat with my boy Justin over here talking about y'all yeah? need to take me down. Okay. So here's, mean... the deal. here's the deal, fuckers. Okay. Launch your fucking coup. <laughs> Try it. Try to take me fucking down. I... <laughs> Muted bitch. <laughs> Muted John. <laughs> this is how a coup works. <laughs> I can still hear him. Yeah, but nobody else out there on <laughs> listening to the show can. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we do it, John. Oh, turn his audio back. I'm, on. I'm unmuting you, John. You're back. <laughs> I just need to remind you sometimes. <laughs> We're being so mean I love you, Game Dad. <laughs> You're unmuted. You can talk He's again, start John. Making fun of us. He's good. I'm, gonna be sad. <laughs> I'm good. Please, please continue. You don't need me. Okay. Please continue. Mute me, Mute me, Derek. You don't need okay. me. Go. Okay. Okay. Brandon, Brandon no. I feel like you had feelings about Devil May Cry earlier, yes, and you didn't certainly. get to say them all. We kind of moved so to you Sekiro should say some bit. of your feelings about Devil May Cry. See, I can I'm do a... this. Boy, do I want to talk about it after I play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the, they didn't even release the demo on PC. So I. I'm That's going, weird. I'm going in blind. Yeah, it is. They, I trust it'll run well because the last couple of. The last two. The first two RE Engine games have yeah. run really well on PC. Yeah. So so the, the, the benchmarks I'm seeing show similar performance to RE2. Okay. Dude, can we talk bad. about how amazing that RE Engine is? It is this is insane. This is. I mean, somebody did a, a comparison of um, an in game. In-engine yeah. real-time render of uh, I think that was John. John on uh, Digital Foundry. Yeah, it was yeah, Final yeah. Seven Advent Compared Children. Compared to Advent Children, yeah. and yeah. like the RE Engine screenshot looks better. Insane. Way, yeah, way better. It's... Except for like you said, aliasing on hair. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, things, I mean, but... yeah. Hair, hair is always tough, no matter what engine. Like... Yeah, I think the RE Engine is going to be Capcom's new like MT framework, where they use it for the next so... like two generations. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, John, get so, tons so of mileage out of it. Sam Tolbert, our friend Sam in chat, he just said, "Can you guys imagine a next-gen Monster Hunter game in the RE?" Engine? Oh, it will be. It absolutely oh, will be because like, I'm I'm, I'm convinced. I, I'm convinced that they've harnessed the dark powers because I mean, I mean, dude, fucking like Brandon knows. Like, you haven't, if you haven't played Resident Evil Two, that game is one of the most beautiful things that, that has been produced. It, 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 yeah. it was. It was blowing my eyes. 
it, or a I Dino mean, Crisis remake, sucks. please. Oh Oof. my God! Can oh. you imagine? Like, Jaw Muncher. Every time you mention uh, Dino Crisis, Jaw Muncher, like he knows he looks directly where yeah. you're at, no matter where he's at, and his eyes just narrow. That's like an um, eagle sound. Yeah, it, but like, fucking, can you imagine a a Dino Crisis remake? I, I honestly, I, with that, oh, I know, man. I know, we joke about it. I know a lot of people joke about. It. I honestly, I, I feel like Capcom is gonna do that, like eventually. I, I, really, I think so. Capcom's back. Capcom is back. And Capcom is fucking have, back. Like, the fact and, that we have a big budget Devil May Cry five that yeah. is one of the the yep. graphically best looking games coming out of this yeah. generation. It looks like it's going to play well. They're advertising it on primetime television. Dante, yeah. my big, beautiful, bisexual disaster daddy, is on <laughs> primetime television. Like, what is even happening? Capcom and is so just mad. wait. Y'all just wait till we get that deep down in that, in that RE engine, man. Like, oh, it's going to be so fucking good, dude. I can't wait for deep down. Deep I, down uh, is going to be I, fucking fantastic. I, I really, I really think RE engine is gonna be like one of the one of the standout engines next gen. Like it's gonna be one of, you know, one of the top in terms of like rendering capabilities and just what we're gonna I see agree. from next gen consoles, man. Like you I know, mean, well, I just thought of something. Somebody said in chat, I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, um, Red Neptonic was saying, I don't think RE engine can do open world stuff. Um, that hasn't really been tested yet, but we'll probably see that soon enough because this didn't get enough attention. I feel like, but. Um, Capcom gave Itsuno the go-ahead for Dragon's Dogma 2, and he That's chose yeah. to do Devil or to do Devil May Cry 5 first, which is basically tacit confirmation that uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to be the next project on their slate. I mean, that's and, fine. They could they could just yeah. not do Dragon's and Dogma if, 2 at all if they want. Well, like, that'd, you, be, that'd be great. You, you but... again. Um, but <laughs> if Dragon's Dogma 2 from this team does not use the RE engine then that's a good sign that that is the limitations to what the engine can handle. Um, right. You know, if they instead use like that custom MT framework or, on, you know, that they use on Monster Hunter World or they use Unreal Engine or something, that would, that would explain a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think Double May Cry, it's going to be interesting over the next couple it, weeks to see it. how it does. And I really hope it does well. I don't think there's any universe where it hits like 10 million copies or some insane number, but like if it can hit a couple million like oh i i have no i have no doubt it's gonna that, do that will feel really good and also um, want to say real quick that devil may cry 2 was not that bad <laughs> okay uh, devil may cry 2 yeah, ain't that bad uh, i mean compared to like you know ride to hell redemption yeah it's not that bad but uh, <laughs> i've never played it but I, like i've never felt the need to play it so yeah, brandy you never played it man i thought you nothing. I thought you were our DMC guy. I, I mean, okay, so here, here's the deal. I played DMC on day one. Like, I walked, you know, like, I pre-ordered it. I was there. I did not know yeah. Devil May Cry 2 was coming out until the reviews came out saying that it was, like, absolute trash. Right. I shouldn't play it. So, yeah. like, Capcom, Capcom didn't market it. They didn't want me to know it was coming yeah. out. Like, I, mean, I, I understand you played it, like, when it was on the remaster. But, like, as someone who's, like, playing it when they were coming out, like, Capcom just... They stealth release that thing. It's yeah. a video game with a it like, and you can control it with a controller. And you know, <laughs> it, it, it has this, it has an op. You can pause it, and there's items you can use, and, and and that's great. You know, so it has all the hallmarks of a video game. Yeah. So I can, at the end of the day, I can confirm you that Devil May Cry Two was in fact a video game. So you are. The best correct. thing is that the PlayStation Two era had no digital games. So uh, if you bought Devil May Cry Two, you were guaranteed to be able to trade it back in. So so. <laughs> 
for some of your money back. <laughs> so one thing, one thing I will say about this um, is, you know, I mean, we've got a resurgent Capcom this generation. Like that much is clear from Resident Evil 7 to Resident Evil 2. Then Monster Hunter just blew the fuck up. Yeah, um, they're on fire. Yeah, I mean, they, they are on fucking fire. And what I'm hoping is that we will see a return of older dormant Capcom IPs like Power Stone, anybody. Um, yeah. I would, I would fucking love, I would love to see some of those old IPs, uh, revisited, uh, breath of fire. Like, come on guys. Like, let's, 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 let's fucking go. Um, Does Capcom make anything. <laughs> what was that? Reb, you, you cut it at the very end. I'm make anything she likes. Capcom I think Capcom makes anything I like. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they could. If they, I mean, have you ever played Power, Power Stone? Is a fucking amazing game. Oh, Power Stone is awesome. I've been banging the drum forever that I think um, Lost Planet, Dead Rising, um, Onimusha, Dino Crisis, Onimusha are, are yeah. all very. Um, I did say Lost Planet, right? You did. Yeah. And, and yeah. De- Derek, Onimusha is co- absolutely coming. Like, yeah, like, I think all four of those have been at least like it. Those four make the most sense as licenses that are likely to reinvent well in the modern era um and then i think yeah. if they want to do a whatever their next fighting game i really do believe that street fighter 6 isn't their next big platform I fighter i think they're gonna put street fighter on hiatus for a bit and we might finally see them make good on their dark stalkers um you know mm-hmm. i would love teasing. dark stalkers to come back Reb, you're I very found, happy i found one can you guess which one i like exactly one thing capcom makes that i like uh, okami Ooh, this is tough like Oh, Okami? Mega Man. Is it Okami? Mega I Man. I haven't played Okami. I probably like Oh, you Okami. should. You'd love it. Oh, fuck. You fucking love Okami. Mega, Mega Man. Mega Man. No. Oh. Mega oh. Man um, Ace Attorney! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. I love Wait, Ace which Attorney. One? Ace which Attorney. One? Phoenix Wright. Any, oh, like, Ace Attorney. No shit. Yeah. Well, Reb, you got a fucking remaster coming out soon. I like... do. I'm really excited. I want to play Ace Attorney on the Switch. Um, I, it's perfect. I was in... I was introduced to it a couple of years ago on the 3DS. I had never played it before. And I played like, I went back and played like the originals or something. Like they came out with a collection of some of the originals on 3DS. And I loved it. It was so good. Oh, yeah. Ju- Justin and really Chat. Justin yeah. and Chat. Beautiful Joe. Like yeah, that, man. there's a fucking yeah, game I would like to see come Joe. back. Beautiful fucking Joe. Dude, like there's so many good fucking Capcom IPs. They're so just wait, sitting around dormant. playing DMC5? Like, who has it, like, preloaded, ready to go? Oh, me. I'm preloaded, dude, ready to go. I'm streaming it for roll. us tomorrow, actually. So, so. All, all four of us oh, are yeah. going to be there, like, right now. Oh, in. fuck yeah, dude. Like, I'm I'm an old-school Devil May Cry guy from way back, man. Like, from way fucking back. And it's like, actually... My, like, my memory... Like, when I was 16, dude, I remember walking into a Babbage's, and they just had the, the, the first Devil May Cry, like, playing on all the TVs around. And, like, it was just over... It was just, like five second clips of like Dante swinging a marionette right up into the sky and then just bang, 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 hold him there. I was like, dude, and the first, the first, I like the to, first game, it, it kind of had like a little, it was kind of little horror element to All it that too. Like, yeah. It was kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It had yeah. a real cool, like the enemies were pretty like freaky looking. Yeah. They were, yeah. Like, really dark vibe compared yeah. to the, like the, they the all had like, you know, they all had like knives coming out of their hand, like all blades. coming. I, out it was originally going to be a resident evil style game, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. It was originally, so that's why like a lot of, uh, a lot of, like the, some of the menu systems, like the, some of the the sound the effects angles, and like the you know the way Dante hard. would yeah. go about the world, like it was very Resident Evilish. Yeah, um, there's, there's plenty of Resident Evil in the original. So, yeah. Do we? There's one more topic that that we had on the list tonight, and we're bumping up against time. Do we want to go just a little long and hit on this this last Nintendo topic? Chat, what do you think? Should we keep going? 
Well, you guys want to? You guys want to tackle? Uh, you guys want to tackle one more quick? Uh, they're not doing that topic. Talk. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you know All what? Right. You guys, you guys are here to listen to us and watch us. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll deal with it. Basically, um, and I believe the first hand, uh, like the person who's been spreading it the most through like gaming Twitter and gaming circles, is is Daniel Ahmad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically, we got uh, some information from Nintendo. Uh, or about Nintendo, and it's it's stuff like their average employees' uh, tenure with the company, their average salary, um, their average workday. Your average Nintendo employee in Japan makes roughly $80,000. I think it's a little more than that. They work right around eight hours a day. They have been with the company for an average of 13 and a half years. Um, so talking about people who are well compensated work fairly normal work days which is weird because japan's workforce culture is is very skewed towards very long working hours so eight hours mm -hmm. a day is not just healthy for the gaming industry it's also healthy for japan's work culture um mm -hmm. and uh they they're sticking around for a very long period of time um and i think this is this hasn't been spoken about enough which is why i really wanted to bring it up for some discussion uh, because we are constantly told every time we talk about how the games industry needs to unionize or we talk about like a uh, crunch with people at Rockstar um, having to work, you know, 80 to 100 hour weeks uh, to finish up their game. And here we have Nintendo who is putting out multiple game of the year contenders every year. And we find out that their people are barely working overtime. They're super well paid and they're sticking around. Um, and they're not dealing with the burnout and the the um, you know employees constantly cycling in and out that we see in most of the games industry. So um, I think a lot of this, Derek, has to do with Japanese culture. Um, yeah, you know, they're like like Japanese work culture is much different than than anything you'll find in oh, America yeah. or Europe. Um, so I, th I think that's part of it. Uh, um, but I mean, generally, traditionally, Japan treats their Japan treats their laborers much better than than. Not really. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like I've, I've heard workforce some, work. I've heard some longer, stories, man. Like they work longer hours than we do in the U.S. They work more days than we do in the U.S. while working longer hours. It's often expected to spend unpaid time off the clock with your coworkers and bosses in like mandatory social time. That's interesting. Um, and I've they've heard, got I've, longer I've commutes. That's very, and they've that's got longer commutes than us. So your huh. average. Japanese, like your salary man, we're what you'd call a regular worker. Um, you know, is kind of the term if I if I've got this correct. Um, they spend more hours out of the house, um, yeah. traveling yeah. to work, working, being stuck with coworkers, and traveling back to work. That mm -hmm. it's actually um, a lot of 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 people have considered that to be one of the major driving problems behind their their population like growth rate uh, decline. declining yeah. because literally. Couples are people are too burnt out to pursue romance. They're, they're married families. to their work. Yeah, yeah. I've been lied to. Jeez, yeah. that sounds fucking terrible. So I mean, it's... I think like the big the big thing of the the like like yeah the hour the hours sound like great and all these other things sound great, but I think the big thing is that people are sticking around. Yeah, because the games yeah. industry has a huge problem with that. We have, I mean, you see whenever there's a huge round of layoffs, you see everybody, you know, sharing things on hashtags and there are all these job openings. But when you look at them, they're almost always job openings for senior level positions and not for mid or lower level positions. People aren't sticking around to build that experience. Right, up. right. Yeah. People, people burn out by the time they're in their late thirties, early forties. 
and they go, they take their skills in art or programming or whatever else they have. And they go work in some other industry where they can work normal eight hour days, probably make more money, not have to crunch, not have to overtime and see their families. And so we lose that senior level experience because people burn out and they quit. And then there's all these, you know, entry level people coming in that really want to work in video games, but there aren't jobs for them. So that seems to be like a huge problem in the gaming industry in general. But then you have this report from Nintendo Japan that people are sticking around for, you know, years and for good pay and normal hours. Th- that could know? be like a cultural thing. I don't know that you just because I know I, I know my... sticking around kind of is because in Japan you're kind of expected to get on with a good company and stay there for life. I don't know yeah. how that compares against the rest of Japanese game developers, but. Um, even if we disregard, like, if, if it was that bad, people would be leaving. Um, and they're yeah. still working shorter hours than is normal for Japanese work culture um, and is normal for gaming work culture, period. Um, and so, like you said... So, so, so like, what is this then, Derek? Like, like, so what's the deal with Nintendo then? Because well, it sounds like oh, a fucking utopia. Well, it's not necessarily utopia. Trust me, like, any workplace is just a workplace. And, and I think the way to frame this... People are going to want to take this conversation and turn it into, look at how cool Nintendo is and turn it into company wars and Nintendo is better than X other company or X other platform holder. Um, And I I don't think that's the correct way to look at this. I think that this needs to be looked at as as an example of whenever we get gaslit, basically, that the way gaming workforce culture is has to be this way. that's absolutely not true, and it's an example of Nintendo is clearly keeping on experienced talent, and that's why when Nintendo is pushing out several incredibly well-received games a year that are oftentimes you know huge in scope, um, basically free of bugs, run nearly beautifully. I mean, like when's the last time you had to you heard about a, a review of a Nintendo game where there were major performance issues or bugs? You know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, it's been a long And it's because time. I think it's obvious that it's because they have experienced talent who know how to avoid making those mistakes in the first place or catch them when they see them. And when you're constantly cycling out fresh, you know, college grads in and out and what the average uh, game industry worker in the U.S. stays around for, what, three projects before they leave for good? Um, and they usually move into general software development, which pays much, much better than the games industry does um you know so then because we've got that constant cycling um you know you don't have as many like years of experience on any given project um, yeah you know, i think what's uh i think what's kind of interesting along those lines too is and i again i'm pulling things out of my butt but i'm sure that i read this somewhere i think it was reggie who said at one point when asked kind of on this topic that when they find themselves you know pushing up against a deadline they hire more people and they, instead of, you know, making people crunch. And it seems like just from this report and from other things I've heard that they have maybe a better handle on how many people they need to do what, and then how long those people need to be around for. Like I've seen a lot of contract positions. It's not that they don't hire out temporary work, but it's those positions are specifically defined as contract work. And when they hire on, they don't, they don't just hire on full-time people to fire them, you know, a year later. That's, that doesn't seem to be, you don't, you don't hear about mass layoffs at Nintendo. Occasionally, yeah, I, you don't even really hear. I don't even remember the last time. I don't even remember hearing ever. Nintendo layoffs. culturally no. is very resistant to hiring people on to even the low. I mean, remember, I, I worked at NOA for a little while, um, and they're very resistant to hiring people on, um, you know, even at the lowest level positions 
uh, unless they think they can keep you around for a long yeah. time. And it's you very also, rare. Sorry. Uh, you also see a lot of their upper level people are people who have been, I mean, I mean, yeah, people in upper level positions have done a ton. They've pretty much historically done a ton of other projects, but the people who are upper level people at Nintendo have been with Nintendo. Like yeah. maybe they've been at some yeah. of its studios. Maybe they've been at studios that have just worked a lot with Nintendo. But mm -hmm. if you like, like they don't, you don't, you don't look at Nintendo's senior management or people who are having director roles on games and see, oh yeah, they were the lead on this EA project, and then they were at Sony, and then they were they at Nintendo. They have been at Nintendo. Yeah, like like I mean, fucking you know Miyamoto. I mean Miyamoto has literally spent his entire career in the games industry at Nintendo. He's never, yeah. you know, same with um, uh, if I it, it, you guys, you know, I think believe Iwata as well spent his entire career uh, yeah. at Nintendo also. Pretty um, much once he got in there, yeah. Yeah, he was he was there. He never he never went anywhere. Um, and uh, I miss Iwata and I miss Reggie. God, Nintendo like 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 for all the shit we give Nintendo, they're such a fucking good and wholesome company. Like I still I love Nintendo. Like, I just yeah. yeah. I and really that's, that's why I think this story is important. That's why I really wanted to touch on it because I think that this more than anything else is an example of like Nintendo does so well because they treat their employees well. They work regular hours. They get paid well. They're willing to stick around. That experience shows through in the multiple, you know, extremely well put together titles they ship every year. Um, I mean, nobody, we can't expect other gaming companies to just start operating like Nintendo because Nintendo is, in terms of scale, just much bigger than pretty much any other publisher house out there um, in terms of the number of developers that work for them directly. But, like... Any any publisher or developer out there really should be looking at Nintendo and seeing, hey, if we want that kind of consistency in our software releases, you know, in terms of acclaim and sales, like, you get that by having happy, experienced workers, and you get that by taking care of your people rather than, you know, wringing them dry and then letting them flop and out. Giving which them is kind time. of time. Yes. Giving which them kind time. Of a, to complete their game i mean just like metro i mean just recently we saw metro prime 4 you know like it, nintendo was not didn't shy away from pulling the plug on you know who was working on it for you know they and weren't that's unprecedented yeah yeah and and i mean they came out and they were i mean they said look you know this this wasn't where we wanted it to be even after years um and they came out and said we're now we have you know retro's gonna work on it again it's gonna be a while guys you know we know you guys want it um but we want this to be an amazing game. I mean, you know, I don't no, not many publishers would ever do something like that. Yeah. Um, I just want to shout out to Lena, Lena fucking Lena in the chat. <laughs> that, was, that was good. But no, like, I mean, you know, and, and that's you know, like, you know, we can, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the Nintendo seal of quality back during the, you know, <laughs> NES days. Like, I know, I know y'all remember that. But yeah. um, but like, but really, like, like you don't find that on the box anymore, but but that you know, Nate, the, the mentality is still there. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I truly believe that maybe not all, but most other developers would have just fucking pushed through a Metroid prime four, been like, we'll do it. We can't fix it. Let's just ship yeah. the fucker. Um, yeah. Nintendo literally took the entire project back to square one yeah. and gave it to another developer. Um, which yeah. is one of the things that sets them apart. Yeah, I mean, from... when you think when you think about it, every gen, like every single generation from the NES, SNES, N sixty four, all the way up to now, like Nintendo's first party output has, I mean, most of it has been fantastic. I mean, every oh, generation they have the, um, they have the greatest first party stable in the entire industry. Period. They yeah. have they have 
weak moments. They have games they, that they are do. not great. No, but those do. games are not great. They're never not great because there was some technical issue or because the game came out unfinished. It was they're, usually because something in the vision of the game itself didn't land. I except think about for like Mario the, Sunshine. And, I love Mario Sunshine. Oh, Mario Sunshine was like, unfinished. Hey. Oh, fuck. No, Sunshine. If it was, look, I'm just a fucking messenger, okay? I'm going to change no. the truth. I'm gonna shoot the messenger. Slightly here. So another great example of this is like, when is the last time a Nintendo title released and sold, you know, a, a couple million units, and then we heard in reports later that it, it failed to meet expectations? Yeah, never. That doesn't yeah. happen. I've... Big Super Nintendo games. Mario Run. Okay. That doesn't Well, that count. was more a matter of, like, the mobile <laughs> that world. That doesn't count. I, 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 I'll count I had, it. No, I had reason to quote that to some for something yeah. earlier today, so it just, it like, that's literally what they said about it, is that it failed to meet expectations. But, did, yes. Did I, ARMS truly fail in the chat? Did yeah, ARMS truly fail War, to meet glorious oh, expectations? Was glorious, arms, glorious War ARMS, yeah. What about ARMS? Yeah. No I thought they said game. ARMS did. Yeah, now ARMS didn't break a couple million or anything, but like ARMS did what they wanted it to do. I'm, I, um, and, and as far as Kirby goes, I'm pretty sure oh, Kirby, Kirby exactly busted. They, yeah. Kirby busted expectations. Kirby Star Allies like blew past their expectations. Yeah. I, I, um, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like whenever a Nintendo, and that's the thing that gets really scary. One of the things that scares me the most about the industry is when we hear about a game selling 3 million, 4 million, 5 million units. Um, but it failed to meet expectations, uh, and, and it's not doing well enough. And that scares me to hear because that means your project is so expensive that it had to be a record breaker yep. to even break even versus Nintendo seems to have a really good grasp on this is what we need to budget these titles to hit these sales and they'll do well. And if something sells a couple million, then that's fine because they didn't, you know, it's something only hits 800,000 units. Nintendo probably budgeted that to be a smaller title. You know, it's they very also, rare they majorly misstep there. Yeah. They also, they have these IPs that have been going for years and years and years. And again, they've retained the staff for so long. They probably don't spend nearly as much on like retraining people. And like, like for example, a Kirby game, like star allies. Like, I don't, I don't know how much that sold. Um, you said it, you said that like a couple records, million, whatever. Right? It's only a few million. They probably yeah. have like, like, and a few million. That's that sounds great to me. That probably isn't great for other franchises, but I bet they had like a huge chunk of their staff working on the game who had worked on a bunch of Kirby games before, and some of those people had probably maybe not worked on a Kirby game, but had worked on like other Switch games or platformers. So they have like all of this experience on the game. They probably took fewer labor hours to make yeah. that game than you know, people just know taken... what they're doing. They've yeah. already got like art and assets that they've been you know working on and prototyping forever. I'm sure stuff gets come up with and scrapped all the time and then moved into other games like i mean they just they have kind of this tight ship going on over there and yeah. it's it's really impressive and i i sometimes sit there and kind of like wish they would come out with more first party new ip things like arms and splatoon but when i think you know how inventive they try to be for the most part with the first part with the ip they've already established um then you know it's it's maybe fine like they seem to be doing well over there and like mario is not going anywhere everyone loves mario they come out with a new mario game it's the same damn thing every time and people buy it so like you know good job nintendo 
<laughs> Great. He's super hyped for Animal Crossing. You know, I mean, I like... am so hyped for Animal Crossing. And like, oh yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, but like, so much of that game is the same. It's the same stuff. That, it's going to be the same stuff they've done before. Like, they're gonna they're gonna add new things. It's going to be new art because it'll be on the Switch. You know, it'll be in. It's going to be stuff. an iterative but, sequel. But but it's a it's a really good example. Like, if they, I'm assume that a good chunk of that team has worked on Animal Crossing before, and so they already understand how to make like the basic things in that game work. Like, they already understand, you know, how to make these characters have all this different dialogue and react to you and all these systems like they have to make them work for switch they have to upgrade them they have to add new things and make that work but like a lot of the work has already been done for them and they have a lot of senior level experience passing on that knowledge so if anything like nintendo is a really good example of uh, they're, they're setting a really good example of why we need senior level leadership yeah. in this industry well you can't just burn people out and churn through them you can't yep. just put employees through the meat grinder because then you've got nobody to, to run the ship well, and speaking of putting people through the meat grinder, we got we to gotta wrap this bad boy up here. We got to wrap this up. So I will pay the bills here real quick. Uh, Nate, dude, thank you so much for, like, it's just yeah. good to have you back, man. You're a friend. And, Same, man. Uh, me too. Honestly, I, when you asked me to come back on, like, I was more than happy to, you know, to come on. So, yeah, let's do it again, man, uh, often, because... Uh, you do you got always free so you have an open door here man like yeah, you can you, you can literally just tell me john i want to be on a thursday and you're fucking in like that's you know you, you and i you and i go way back so yeah definitely yeah i'll hold you to it then yeah f fucking dude do like call my bluff just on one random thursday night like, yo i want in I'm <laughs> all <here."> right <laughs> um as long as we so, don't have 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 to worry about somebody else being on that we're trying and to certainly exactly oh the, I mean, that was a thing too john uh i mean i was gonna say it, like even if you have like, Yes, you know, I don't have to, you know, come on as a guest, you know, I'll just come on just like as one of you guys, you know, and just, you know, like just chill with us for trade yeah. shows and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you're a friend, dude. You're not a guest, you're a friend. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, Wushu Studios is working on some great shit and, uh, yeah. I think we're going to hear about all this stuff real soon. And so hopefully, all, hopefully soonish. Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And uh, also, uh, so uh, as everybody knows, PAX is coming up real soon. We're gonna have a huge presence there this year. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. We got our, we, we get some media passes. We're gonna be doing some take this volunteering. You can catch all of us actually at the Hope booth. We're gonna be cycling uh, in and out of the Hope booth. I'm actually the Hope booth coordinator for take this this year at PAX East. Uh, so moving on up in the organization, I'm really looking forward to taking on that responsibility. Uh, it's gonna be great. Um, and Lena if you guys asks, go to- did you yeah, get it, the bell? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm getting Derek a fucking bell to put on. He's gonna, I mean, he's gonna need it. And if any of you are gonna be at PAX, please let us know. We we'd love to see you and talk with you and hang out with you. Um, also, is super cool announcement. Um, uh, tell you what I'll do. Um, we got a huge announcement next for next Thursday about uh, a guest coming on in April. Um, but you got to tune in next Thursday uh, to find out who's gonna join us on April on April 11th. Shrewd bastard. Uh, it's it's gonna be kind of cool, man. It's going to be a kind of cool announcement. And so if y'all want to join us next Thursday night, you can find out uh, who will be joining us on April 11th on SDGC. Uh, really, really happy to have this individual on. That's and funny, really, John. Really excited. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm really excited to, uh, to tell you all about this, this, this funny announcement. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but anyway, does Justin, anybody Justin's have... got your number, man. Does, this is peak games industry. Does anybody, <laughs> does anybody have, does anybody have uh, anything that they want to add? uh before uh before we get going here um this is the smallest or i mean it's the biggest of long shots um let me on march 30th i believe that's a saturday yes um 
I, and I don't, I, I doubt that there's anybody in chat who's remotely in the area. Um, but I know that kind of funny is doing a meet and greet in Kansas city that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be at that. So if you're going to that anyway, for, I know someone from Arkansas was DMing me and telling me they were coming to it. So I guess people are like traveling from out of state to go to it. So if anyone like is going to that, I'm going to that too. You should come. Yeah, do it, please. Nice. And uh, like, no one ever comes no, to no Orlando. One, no one lives in the Midwest, so <laughs> no like, one cares about Florida. No, and uh, I care about Florida. But anyway, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here. Please tune in next Thursday for our our kind of cool, pretty funny announcement about an upcoming guest. And until then, it's not always poetry. <laughs> we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next Thursday.